Hey guys, I'm Brad. We are College Sportscast, and we are presented by the Fanboys. I love it when he does this. <laughs> it's not awkward at all. <laughs> Come on, man. Okay. Oh, there you are. Or you didn't. All right, guys, I'm back, but it took a little took a few minutes there for some reason. I, I don't know. It always does. That took seemed like longer than normal. It seemed like. All right. So we are college sports cast, and today is uh, we know the championship games for the women's and the men's basketball game. The women's is actually going on as we speak. And we have a special guest with us. Steve Heigel's back with us. He's been with us uh, about three other shows. He's back with us to kind of wrap up um, March Madness and the college basketball season and talk about everything that we have discussed over the last few weeks and, and March Madness and talk about some of these games. So, hey, Steve, how are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, it's always fun to talk college basketball with you. Uh, you've been on a few times this year, so right now we have the women's game, championship game on, um, and uh, I know I've got it on and you've got it on, I know, and we got Iowa and LSU playing each other for the championship. And now it's 20 to 20 at the end of the first quarter. 20 to 20. 20 to 20. Terrible time to be alive. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, so, yeah uh, pretty pretty good game so far from what I've what I've seen. So, you know, hopefully hopefully the men's the men's game tomorrow night is as exciting as the first game was last night. So, I know the right second game second game was uh was pretty much uh over with probably what five seven minutes left. You know, unfortunately, so Miami uh, Miami just couldn't keep up. With so. Yeah, you know, the the women's tournament the other night, both games were actually really good games. They were, yeah. Um, LSU, LSU kind of come back on Virginia Tech. Um, and then, you know, the the Iowa-South Carolina game was tight. And, that was a great game. You know, yeah. it was a great game, the, the entire game. Uh, I know South Carolina made – Two or three comes back and comebacks and took like one point leads a couple of times, two or three times in the game. Um, yeah, that was that was a really but, good back uh, game. Yeah, um, the game the, the game last night, the San Diego State Florida Atlantic game was was really good, and 
it was – he kind of thought it wasn't going to be. Florida Atlantic kind of had a lead throughout the second half, and San Diego State just locked down defensively, and they, they, they came back at the end, and, and he had a great shot, and they won. They did knock, lock down defensively. I mean, the last, like, 10 minutes, Florida Atlantic just could not score. I know. Well, we'll see. It'd be interesting to see how they do against UConn tomorrow night because I don't know if they're going to be able to do the same thing against UConn. That's a really good yeah. time, too. So, it's going to be tough. To so, I have you up there. Steve is – he runs just collegebasketball.net, just collegefootball.net. He is a John Wooden Award voter. So, those are a few of his accolades and the reason why he's on with us and doing some of this with us uh, this year and uh, coming on and talking college basketball with us. So, yeah, I, I just want to put up there that I, appreciate, that I appreciate you being on. Yeah, You're welcome. Anytime. Always happy to talk. Oops. All right, man. So, of course, we're going to start out with a game that's actually being played right now, and that's the championship game. Of course, we got to start out. If you're going to talk about it, you got to start out with Caitlin Clark, right? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't see how you can start out with anybody else, right? No, I mean, I, she's. I think she's already got 15 points in this game, so or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. it's only the first quarter. So, yeah, it's pretty pretty incredible season. I mean, I, remarkable season. To be honest with you. I mean, she just just. I mean, this might be. I mean, I haven't. I mean, I follow women's hoops, but I don't really follow it. I'm not a diehard of it, and I'm trying to remember a better season in the last, what, 20 years? I mean, uh, maybe Sabrina I mean, and Ines a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, years. I mean. She didn't get to finish the season. I mean, they never never got to play right. the tournament. She had a pretty incredible right. season that year. Other than that, I mean, I mean, she's been remarkable. I mean, you, you kind of have to go back to, like, maybe Cheryl Swoops. Possibly, yeah. Uh, and that's, like, what, you know, mid-1990s? Yeah, right? think that was around when I graduated. I think she was like 93 or 94 or something like that, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Cheryl yeah. Swoops yeah. was. I mean, right, it's right a before, long time ago. Right before the WNBA kicked off, it was like, which is like the mid to late yeah. 90s. And Cheryl Swoops was around, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then yeah, before, I mean, the, before that, you'd have to go with Cheryl Miller. Yeah. Good, good call. That I, that <laughs> I can think of. You know nah, what I mean? And that right. wasn't – and that was in the 80s. See, I mean, I've been following girls basketball for long. My sisters played, and and I I, I, I grew up in a gym um, basically following girls basketball. I mean, that's how uh, – you know what I mean? That That's how I learned to play was on the sideline, you know, you know, on the side goals or whatever when they were running practice. I was over there, you know what I mean, with the ball and – I mean, that's how I learned to play. Was was in a gym with girls. I mean, I wasn't playing against girls, but that's how I learned to play ball. Really, hey, that's how I learned to shoot. I, I saw something on Twitter today. Somebody somebody said, "Hey, maybe uh, the men's team for Iowa can get Caitlin Clark, and maybe they can do some damage in the tournament next year." Yeah, man, I I, I joked around with somebody the other day and said we need to get Caitlin Clark in the transfer portal for Kentucky. <laughs> Lot, lot and I more. wasn't talking about for the women. No, I, 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 think, I think most of the most of the majority of the schools in the country could use her and she was the computer they had. So, yeah. yeah, I wasn't talking about for the women's game. I was talking about for the men's. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams out there that, that need shooters. So, yeah, I mean, uh, as you, you saw this season. So, it'd be, yeah, it'd be great to see if that would happen. Obviously not, but, you know, so. But, yeah, I mean, it's been so a great she has. So 
She has over a thousand points this season and 300 rebounds. First time ever in the in the game anybody's done that. Okay, um, this is women's game. She her average distance on three pointers this year is over 25 feet from the basket. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just like watching. It's like watching Steph Curry. It's the same. Who just you pull over? He pulls up over half court and he just shoots. And you're like, "What is he doing?" And he pushes, and you're like, "Okay, yeah." yeah. yeah and then it goes in, and you're like, "What?" Like, okay, yeah. okay. I, mean, I remember watching that game when he played. <laughs> I think it was the first year the Warriors won the championship, about 2015 or 16. It was a game against Oklahoma City in like the middle of the season. And he pulled up like toward the end of the game, with like literally one, two, two steps over half court, and he planted his feet and he shot it like it was just a regular jumper, and it was swish. And it was the end of the game. Was like, man. And he and then of course he was doing that for the next three or four years, and they were winning every year. Right. So, I mean it's it's crazy, but you know it, it, I mean, she's she's the she's the modern day player now, and that's that's well she is definitely special. I love watching her play. She really is. Um, she can dish the ball. She can drive the ball. I mean, you know, I watched um, that game the other night. I was very impressed. I hadn't watched her that much. I watched her several times this year, but not like every game or anything. But how good of a passer she is, too. I mean, she set everything up on that team. She drove up the court. If she's double yeah. teamed, she just, you and, know. And South Carolina is one of the best defensive teams in, in the girls' game. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 she was going up against Bill, who was one of the best defenders, and she was blowing by him with the ball in her hands. Yeah, she was. And getting to the basket. Yeah, it was, it was impressive. You know, so. And set, set up all her teammates, the pick and roll and everything. She was just dynamite. And then, of course, when you when – you, when, you play off of her, she can just shoot it from 25 feet. So you can't play off of her anyway. You can't, I, play, I think the best, you can't play, you, I you can't best, play off of her. That's you know, I, for sure. I think the best part of the whole game was when, when they were like, they had that sagging defense and they were all like within like six or eight feet of the basket. And the, the one South Carolina yeah. player got the ball around the three point line and Clark just looked at her and just like waved her hand, like, go ahead and shoot it. Yeah. You're not going to make She's it. Like, wave yeah. it off. Like, I I was worried about you. Yeah, I'm not even going to go out there and guard you. You're going to shoot it. I was just, I was, I, I, was, I almost fell over laughing when I saw that. I was like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Saw her and she's that like, was, nah, I don't know. That was pretty it. funny. I have to admit, that was pretty funny. Now, granted, they said that. on TV, and I didn't know that at the time. Of course, that player, she was like a 21% three, three point shooter. So you figure she hit three in the second half, though. It almost yeah. come back to bite them. Yeah, but it, that is that is you are playing the odds. That is twenty one percent. That's one of five, pretty much. They were leaving her alone, and she hit three in the second half, and it almost come back to bite them because towards the yeah. end she did have to kind of come out on her a little bit. She couldn't just yeah. leave her fifteen feet, you know, alone. You know, because she hit three of them. They thought to themselves, you know, they got to play the odds in that regard, and then yeah. they had so many good post players in there. That they were just throwing the ball inside, so they had to double team as much as they could. So that was a good, good, good game plan on their part. So, oh yeah. So let's talk about LSU for a little bit. They are ahead right now. Looks like 27-22 after the first quarter. That's what it looks like. Um, and you know, Kim Mulkey is there. She's the ex Baylor coach who coached Brittany Griner at, at Baylor and won three championships at Baylor, I believe. Yeah. Um, and now she's in her second season at LSU and she already has LSU in the championship game fighting for a title. So yeah, really, um, really impressive what she's done and how quickly she did it. She did it. I mean, it's only been the second year and now they're in the championship game. Um, 
I mean, of course, you know, it helps now in the modern era with the transfer portal and NIL. And, and Yeah, I mean, Angel Reese is a transfer and Moore's a transfer. I mean, transfer and, you know, so, you know, they get – they she built it in the transfer portal. Sure. You know, don't get me wrong. But still um, – it's a it's really to do what she's done that quickly, yeah. It's, impre kind of it's pretty impressive. I was surprised that when she took the job. I guess you know, I mean, she had been at Baylor for what twenty some years, so it's kind of maybe time for yeah. it was maybe time for a change. And but she she came in there and she flipped the, she flipped the script real fast. I mean, they went to the tournament last year. I think they this got is actually LSU's first time in the championship game in yeah, school history. Really. Yeah, and then last year I think they lost in the Sweet 16, but now the second year she's there and they're boom, yeah. they're in the championship game. And you know, it like it's you're gonna see it though, not to kind of change over the men's game, but I think you'll see with some of the coaches like this season, like I think one of the bigger names, uh Patino, I think St. John's is gonna be good pretty darn quickly. Because I think he's he's pretty much cleaned house and who's there, and I think he's gonna bring in who he wants to be there. And I think I'm not saying they're gonna be in the final four next year, but I wouldn't be surprised in about three years they're right there. So I think it's it. it, it oh, the game's changed. Yeah. I mean, you know, Mulkey done this with the transfer portal. You can change you know, the roster. roster. That's the main thing. Yeah, you can change the roster real quickly now. And I think I think next year, yeah. St. John's will be formidable. And I think in two or three years, they could be right there. You know, in the. In the oh, I agree with you on that. You know, so. they're talking to Mulkey right now. She's she's a she's a heck of a coach. So yeah, heck of you a work, know, heck of a wardrobe too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she does. She does do that as well. I, I have to say that just, she does do that. Is this a game or a fashion show? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she she's either one. I'm not real sure. Uh, so I bring up Mulkey and you know Iowa and everybody. South Carolina has been the most dominant team for the last like four years, four or five years, maybe six. Um, and uh, you know, everybody talks about Dawn Staley and the job that she's done, but there are a few other coaches in the girls game um, that are, that are getting the job done. And Mulkey's one of them, um, you know, Iowa and, and their coach with Caitlin Clark has done a job as well. Of course, you got Gino at UConn. You know, people, I mean, you people can't take people, people forget not to knock on Gino, but um, Paige Beggars got hurt but last like fall, so she didn't play all season. She was their best player, and they were in the championship game last year, so they'd have her, they'd be right right in the thick of things this year as well. So, I, next year, I expect them to be back right right in the right the, the at the end of the season. So, oh, they'll be they'll be right there in the conversation. Yeah, That's for sure. She's healthy. I mean, this was the first year, talk about amazing statistics. This is the first year in since 2000 i think it was five that they didn't make the elite eight and i was just like 14 was, was like, oh straight God. years yeah. 14 straight yeah. years guys okay. that gene has insane. had you come now yeah, that was, that was, don't count 20 don't count 2020 john because 2020 you know was no tournament but like, outside of that you know what i mean i mean that's like that's kind of like yeah. with tom brady when he was with the patriots like every year they were at least in that almost every year they were in that afc championship game whether they made the Super Bowl or didn't, every year for like twelve years in a row, it was insane. Every year, it was just like they were one of the t four teams left in the NFL. That's in the NFL. That's just insane because of how how much parity there is. Most people thought it was a foregone conclusion that Staley and Boston and Bill and Cook and all of the teammates there, Card Cardosa and all of them, were going to be in the final game. So, yeah. the job that Iowa did to get here, you know, we were talking about it off air before. Is Iowa going to have enough gas? left 
after beating such a dominant team like South Carolina in the semifinal game. That's yeah, that's, that's, you know, a, that's, million, that's a million dollar question. So right. It's a one point game now that it's um, left in the second quarter. So yeah. You know, so we're this is this is gonna be an exciting game too, I believe, down the down the stretch as well. So um it's gonna be a, a fun game to keep up with while we're on air. So that we'll we'll try to keep up with it while we're on air and while we're talking about other things as well. I did want to start out with the women's game because today is the women's championship game. So I kind of wanted to start out talking about that. Well, we're going to kind of switch and go to the men's game. And the first thing I want to talk about is the buzzer beater yesterday. I I think that that might be the first true buzzer beater in final in the semifinal game history, final four history. Yeah, I mean, of course, the championship game. Where it ended the game. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like the last second where it ended the game is what I mean. Yeah. Uh, no, um, just a couple years ago, uh, Jalen Suggs hit the shot against uh, uh, UCLA, Gonzaga. Remember half court? It was uh, 2021. That's right. That's that right. Was, I mean, that was the second semifinal game. Did that? Yeah, that, that ended the game too, didn't it? Yeah, it was a tie game. It was a, I think it was a tie game with like five seconds left. They hit the shot from right across half court. And that ended the game. Yeah, yeah, and that was Jalen Suggs. Yeah, our, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago when we championship had championship game uh, was um, the Zagaholic on. Was uh, yeah, 2016. The championship game was um, North Carolina and Villanova, where uh, Chris Jenkins hit the shot from three, the three pointer at the buzzer to win the championship. But the semifinal game yeah. was Gonzaga against um, Gonzaga against uh, UCLA that year, and he hit the shot. UCLA, with, yeah, at the buzzer, like half court. Yeah, shot. you're right. I remember it, it now because we were just talking it. about it. Yeah, he threw it up. He threw it up across half court and hit the hit the glass and went in, and that was that was the game, and that was the. And then Gonzaga lost to Baylor in the championship uh, a couple nights later. Yeah. So it looks like other, Jay's other than, pulling for LSU and UConn. Other other than that, though, I chat. can't I can't remember another game in the final four in the semifinals that ended on a buzzer beater for us in my lifetime. I, I, I don't, maybe, maybe. Lamont Butler is going to be a hero and known forever oh, yeah. with that shot. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Honestly, yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be played, it'll be played 20 years from now. You know that, you know what I mean? Like in those, you know, promos and stuff like that, Did no matter see, what um, happens, you know what I mean? Yep. Did you see on Twitter, I saw on Twitter that somebody showed the picture of, when he was dribbling on the sideline, like two or three seconds before he took the shot, he almost stepped out. He was like, he was so close to stepping out. And yeah, he yeah, he, he almost did. Actually, like middle school, like he almost stepped out. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, man, that's that's yeah. crazy. He was that close, and then he just hit the shot like two seconds later. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah great shot. So, when I, uh, I was when I was watching it live. I'm thinking to myself, why don't they call timeout? What's he doing? And, you know, of course, like he said, the coach said afterward, though, he called timeout, let him set their defense. So. They set their defense up and everything. So he come down. And, I mean, he what was really such an amazing about that shot was his elevation. Yeah. That's what I thought. I don't know if you guys paid attention to it, but, I mean, as a play, as an ex-player, I mean, his elevation on that jump shot, like oh, he yeah. was so far ab- above – the defenders, yeah, the everybody was, else. The guy's hand was right in his face too, and he hit, he hit the shot. So yeah, defenders' hand was yeah. right in his face. He hit the shot. So, 
I mean, he had such good elevation on that shot. I mean, he was probably three feet off the ground, you know, um, you know, when when he went up to take take that shot and was just so much above everybody else. Um, but anyway, he's going to be known forever with that I, shot. He never has to pay for drinking uh, in San Diego ever again. It shouldn't happen. Really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no matter what happens, you know, on, on Monday night, right? He's going to be known for that. Yeah, he is. Joe uh, the the Padres game where they were – it was I think it was right before the Padres started. Yes, I did actually and, where, when, when, the, when the buzzer beater happened. And then the entire stadium yeah. just erupted. Oh, yeah, they were showing they were showing the game. Um, I think they were, and the whole stadium, the whole stadium, like just erupted when. Yeah, I think they were in the middle Butler of hit doing that shot. Like, like lineups, the 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 starting lineups, and but they had one screen that had all the starting lineups out out in uh, left field, and in right field, their scoreboard, the screen had the game. That's cool. And had so, the game. Yeah, as yeah. soon as they hit the shot. They uh, the whole, the whole like, place went nuts. The whole place went nuts when San, when Butler hit that shot and said they won. And I'd say it's about seven five percent full at that pet, at pet Yeah, because I don't think the game had started yet, right? No, it hadn't started. It was like I said, it was. It, it looked like they were doing opening lineups. It looked like they were doing starting right. lineups. So yeah, um, but it was about seventy five percent full, and um, yeah, it just place went nuts and you could hear the crowd just go go crazy for it yeah yeah it was it was pretty cool to see um how the game ended now i will say this fau i mean what a run you know what i mean what a run for fau to even get to the final four as a nine seed um an incredible season to to Thirty-five ended up ended up thirty-five and four. Yeah, um, you know, and and led nearly that entire game. Yeah, true. They played a great game, and they they. Uh, it's almost like it's almost you know, like San Diego State kind of locked down on defense the last ten minutes of the game, made it really hard for FAU to score. Yeah, um, they had sixty-six points with with over ten minutes. To in the game or close to it, eight or nine minutes to go in the game. And, you know, they just – they they wound up getting only scoring 71. They only scored five points, I think, in the last like, like eight, nine, ten minutes of the game. Um, and and that's what really got them beat. You got to – you know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't go – you can't go ten minutes with five points. Nah, you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, that's just – you know – yeah. And that's what happened, and you know, but kudos to them on the season that they had. Dusty May is probably in line for a big, at least a big pay raise, or possibly a open job somewhere. I I'm think. pretty sure I saw he's staying there, so I'm pretty sure he got. A, is he? He got an extension. I'm pretty sure I saw that he got an extension. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. So. He, I'm I'm sure he's. Too. Yeah, or he's getting an extension. Yeah, I'm pretty sure well, he's, he's there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm if sure he, if he's a if he's FAU guy. And he's got a lot of ties there. He might actually wait for yeah. the Miami job to open. I figure Laranega, how many years does he have left? He's getting older, you know. Right. And see that. Right. I yeah. Maybe he waits for that job. Maybe even um, Florida State or Florida, one of those jobs open in the next several years. I don't know. I mean, if he, if he right. that Florida area, right. there'll be another job that's open. Well, Florida State. I mean, Leonard Hamilton's been there, and he's been coaching since I was a kid. So, like, he's I getting mean, up, he's getting up there. I don't now. know. 
Yeah, he's getting up there. I don't know how old Leonard Hamilton is, but he was at Kentucky in the late 70s. His assistant. Okay. He's got to be pushing 70. As an assistant. Yeah. Larry Nagas probably. I'm telling you, he was at Kentucky in the late 70s. He brought in like Kyle Macy and stuff. I know. know, Okay. I'm a Kentucky fan. I'm just, he's been coaching for a long, long time. It was Larry Nagas. Larry Nagas was an assistant. For several years before he got the George Mason job, and then he was there for I think twenty years, and now he's been in Miami for at least ten years. So he he's got yeah. twenty seventy two. So I think either job could open up in the next five to ten years, and oh, probably yeah. will. Pretty five certain. Years. I think he's seventy three. I think okay. I've heard that. But yeah, you're, you're close. Yeah, I think uh, I Hamilton's got to be up there too with Florida State. Yeah, I mean, he he has to be. There's just no other way. And they and they Hamilton Hamilton had so many good teams the last couple of years, but this year they were just they were bad. And it'll be interesting to see how they rebound next year because they definitely had a bad. The fanboys are supposed to be ACC people. I don't know what you're talking about, Mister J. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all are supposed to be hey, ACC. Hey, Miami, Miami, and Miami saved the ACC this year because if Miami didn't make this, yeah, season, exactly. If it wasn't for Miami, y'all wouldn't have had nothing in man, postseason plays. So. Made all the way to the Final Four, so that's a that that saved the ACC. This yeah, year. it wouldn't. It wouldn't yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, because where so, was North Carolina, and where was? Yeah, Duke lost in the round. Where was Duke, Duke? Carolina didn't make the tournament. Virginia lost the first Duke, game. Clemson, uh, yeah, didn't make the tournament. NC State lost the first game. I think they only had five. They only had five teams in. So I mean, they only had five. Did a great yeah. job this year. Yeah, Syracuse had that <laughs> year as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see with Syracuse. You know, I think Syracuse might return in the next couple of years with a new coach. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. So we're, you know, we are going to get to our our talk of the championship game on on Monday night. Tomorrow night is going to be UConn versus San Diego State. Now, I want to start with this. And Steve, you've been on with us a few times, and you've probably heard me say this. I had been pushing the Big East and the Mountain West all year long. I had been saying that I thought that they could make the final four, that they could make a run, that they would have a chance, that one of those teams out of one of those conferences. And here we are. I wished I would have took my own on my brackets (laughs) (laughs) and talked about it the entire season. And then here we are, Monday night, championship game. We have the Big East versus the Mountain West for the NCAA championship. Yep. It's all come down to this. Uh, you know, it's funny. Craig, I would Connecticut finish, I think fourth in the big East regular season this year. Um, and then, yeah, first- you know, and that's the reason why I, you know, I did have a big East team in my bracket for the final four, but I'll be honest with you. I picked Marquette. I thought Marquette had the, had proven throughout the season that they would, you know, the kind of the head of the class, and did, lo and I behold, I actually did have Marquette. And lo and behold, UConn starts playing like they did in November again, November, yeah. you know, and like, okay. Yeah, they, they played really well for the last month of the season and into the tournament. They did they did get beat in the Big East tournament in the semifinals, but a lot of times it's better to lose in the conference tournament, not the first game, but you want to lose, you want to lose somewhere in the conference tournament. I think it always seems like it bodes well for teams to kind of like, you know, they get a little downtime and rejuvenate before the NCAA tournament starts. 
and UConn just caught fire. I mean, they're beating everybody by, you know, 10 points or more in this tournament. We'll see how San Diego State – the key is going to be San Diego State defense tomorrow night. If they can play great defense and lock down, they have a chance. If they can't, I think I think UConn can just run away with it. So – and it'll be over with five to seven minutes left. So I think that's going to be the key. So – Oh, I, I I fully agree with you on that. I mean, San Diego State's kind of bully ball in their defense. They play a tough brand ball. I think that's how they actually beat Alabama. Actually, John kind of called it um, really, I, on I our show. Yeah, when I did my prediction, did my bracket, I was looking at it. And I'm like, I have to give him credit on that one. Yeah, I had Alabama in the Final Four because I thought to myself, Alabama's got a lot of athleticism. I think no matter who they play in that in that region, I was like they're going to win. So I had them in the Final Four, and I say I did too. I had him. I had him. I thought it would be and same with Miami beating Houston. I thought the same way. I thought that'll be a close game possibly, but Houston's just got too much athlete, too much athleticism, and and Miami's good athletes, but defense, and, and I think they'll just. You know, they'll they'll push themselves past uh, Miami, and of course Miami beat them. Then they went on and beat Texas as well. So, you know. yeah. So Bama is what one and nine after the loss in the Sweet Sixteen. They were in one the Sweet eight prior to that loss in yeah. the Sweet Sixteen. So I just said they're losing well, in the Sweet Sixteen. What I'm I saying is, is you you called you called their defense <laughs> and playing bully ball as being. Yes. What you know could possibly yeah. beat Bama oh, yeah, is what is, I was talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, once that matchup was set, I, I said, you know, for for San Diego State, just because the the length that they had and the the fact that they that they will that they play very physical, is that if they could limit the three point shots from Bama, then they could beat Bama. Yeah. And that was kind of where I was going with it because if Bama just shoots over them and and hits a bunch of threes, then it, 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 it negates what San Diego state does, but San Diego state could, could limit the threes from Bama. Then I I felt like they had a shot to win and that's what they had to do to, to win that game. So, yeah, that was a great pick. I I didn't didn't see that coming. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't either. Like I said, I have to give John a little credit on that one because he did, he did talk about San Diego state's defense. Now, I fully am on board with what you said, Steve, a few minutes ago. I mean, that's going to be the key to this game tomorrow, is whether or not San Diego State can kind of play that bully ball and tough-nosed defense and lock them down, um, you know, kind of like they did against Alabama, um, like they did last night against FAU towards the end of the game. Um, they're going to have to be able to do that in in big big stretches tomorrow night against this yeah, they UConn. Can't, team. They can't let UConn get out to a big lead. If they do, they're, they're so. They're, I'm not saying that the, that they have to do that the entire 40 minutes. I, I realize I UConn's yeah. UConn's probably going to have a few spurts here and there, and I and I they're good. Enough, they're they're too good of a team not to more than likely. Um, but they're they certainly are going to have to have some pretty long stretches where they, um, you know, play that tough nose defense and keep UConn uh, and their explosive offense from from scoring so many points. No, I agree. I, th- I think I think that they got to keep it close. 
you kind of, like you said, it's going to have some spurts, of course, but you got to keep yourself within distance with about 10 minutes left in the second half. And then you can hit it into what do you call it? Hyperdrive and really knock down defensively. And hopefully you kind of misses some shots and you got, you got to make your shots on the other end. Like I said, that game last night, I mean, like you said, FAU dominated that game for pretty much the entire game. And they, it, it, they're probably waking up today. Like, man, how did we lose? You know, we just, we, we had a, we had a bad stress there at the end, but for the most part, they, they had that game, you know, the whole time. Now, one thing I didn't agree with was the shot at the end when he drove to the basket. Um, it's almost like you drive and you – when he missed that shot, there was nobody under the basket for the rebound. No. Nope. You terrible because once the San Diego got it, they got right out in transition. They had seven seconds, but that's all they needed. You drive, You just kind of – I think you have a couple guys on the basket. You pull up for like a 15-foot jump shot. If you miss it, you get the rebound. They're going to have to foul you immediately. You know, Even if you don't get the rebound, it's going to be a scramble for the rebound, and then they either have to rush up the court and try a desperation shot or they have to call their last time out. So I just I don't know that that driving to the basket I think the guy I think it was partially blocked by the defender for San Diego State but still I just, they had nobody under the basket for the rebound so once he missed right. it it was just you know they got it and they boom they had enough time to transition right up the court and, hit, and the guy hit the shot yeah they had about seven or eight seconds I think when he got the rebound and turned yeah plenty of time and, and the shot clock was I think yeah. it was still a couple more seconds on the shot clock it was close but still you know oh yeah, yeah. I just yeah, like you know so. Oh, I mean, they didn't have anybody under there to rebound yeah, once he whatsoever. Shot, and, and, when he, and when he threw it up, I, I don't even, it didn't even hit the rim, did it? Hit the backboard. Yeah, it looked like and it was partially off, blocked, though, by the defender. I looked like the defender got a piece of it, but yeah, it didn't hit the rim. It came off the backboard. So, yeah, right. In that regard, the shot clock wouldn't have, you know, restarted anyway, but they had nobody under the basket. Like once he drove to the, drove to the hoop, the, the FAU's team was probably like, Okay, let's just get back on defense. If he if he makes it, we're up by three. If he misses it, we're up by one. We just got to play defense for less than you know. Well, he, also too, it, even if it you know didn't hit the the rim or anything like that, if if they were able to kind of let it bounce around and not change possession right away, true. Then yeah. as soon as the shot clock goes out, then they'd have to restart and they can reset their defense. Yeah, I mean, like well. I said, the ball that as ball comes to off being a transition. Yeah, that ball comes off and there's like a scramble for the rebound. There's only seven yeah. seconds left. That wastes three or four seconds, and then you know, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. So yeah, I, I just I don't I don't know what what I get. Obviously, they drew up some type of play and figured this would be the best way to go about it and try to get a layup and you know right. then by three. But yeah, it just didn't work out that way. So right, right. And I was down by twelve yeah. now. Yeah, they are fourteen now. Yeah. Um, Thirty seconds. LSU. LSU is playing really, really well. They really are. The girls are playing really well. Like, they have 56 points. Is it 56? Yeah, before halftime. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I worry about, like we talked about, is that how much does Iowa have left in the second half, you know, to make a comeback now? They're down by 14 points, five seconds left. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, uh, that was the one concern it's, I had. It's kind of it's kind of reminds me of uh, another example, like when Wisconsin and you're, you're a Kentucky fan. Wisconsin beat Kentucky in the 2015 Final Four. Fifteen, and yeah. then they got to yeah, and they got to the final game. We and were, I thought they were we good. were the undefeated we were the undefeated no. team, just like South Carolina. We had we had run through everybody in fifteen. So yeah. it is it is a really good.
good comparison. Wisconsin was uh, was was just nothing but trees and slow, but they were methodical. Yeah, but I but I thought I thought they were I thought they were better than Duke in that final, but they didn't have anything left because they used it all to beat Kentucky. You know, didn't two nights before. Kentucky. I just think it's I just think yeah. it's one of those things where, unfortunately, you just get the luckier draw. Duke the night before played like. A bad, they played a bad team. I forget who they played, but they played a not a bad team, but an average team. Somebody that wasn't that good. I can't remember who they played, but they played a team that they pretty easily beat, and then they were rested for the final game. So it sometimes it comes down to that. So you know, because yeah, be to be honest with you, LSU. Well, I mean, it, no offense no, to LSU, but I don't. I, I LSU played South Carolina during the season. I don't think it was that close, was it? So, it wasn't. It wasn't even close. So if no. LSU would have got to this game, I mean, not Saturday, really. It was twenty plus points. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, if LSU would, if I remember right, LSU would have got to this game to play South Carolina. LSU would have lost by 10, 15 points probably. But the fact they got to play Iowa, and now we'll see what happens in the second half. But maybe the fact that Iowa's just tired, they just beat down from that game the other night. So, Hit a three right at the right at the buzzer yeah, here. So seventeen points now. That's a lot. That's a big deficit. So yeah, wow. Yeah, we'll see what happens in the second half. Yeah. 59 points in the first half. Yep. That's amazing. She threw it up, called glass, of course, right yeah, before halftime. She didn't call so. glass, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought I heard her call glass. I'm sorry. I, I made games in Dallas, so I didn't. Backboard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to the back to the uh, the men's. Yeah, so I, like I said, San Diego State they just got to keep it close. You know, they don't let UConn go on those crazy runs, and and they got to shoot pretty well. They can't you know shoot terribly. Like Miami just couldn't hit a shot for a while there in that game. So I haven't looked. What's the what do you think the line will be for tomorrow in the game? I had to look right now. I'd say. Six UConn, that's my guess. Six, six. I mean, I can look it up right now. I mean, I'd say six. Yeah, uh, I haven't looked it up yet either. So, I was just kind of wondering, John, what do you think the line will be in this game? UConn, San Diego State. I mean, I'm not. Uh, I'm not in on these lines, but I, I'm going to go with uh, six and a half. Yeah. All right. So. The Auburn game's officially over. So, um, <laughs> they win or lose? Oh no 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 no! They uh, they absolutely gave up everything and their mother uh, in the last uh, three <laughs> innings of the game. Uh, they just gave up a grand slam. It was oh, wow. twelve to eight, Florida. And seven and a half is the line. Oh, seven and a half. Yep, seven and a half. That's uh, actually a pretty large. Yeah. Point spread, I think, for a final game. Just because they've been beating everybody by ten points or more—that's that's maybe twelve points or more in this. They've actually beat—they've actually was, beat everybody plus twenty, except for last night was like thirteen. Oh, really? I mean, Arkansas. I was just surprised they beat Arkansas that badly. That was the one game. I'm like, man, I thought that game would be really close, and they just destroyed. I mean, UConn has looked really, really good. Dan Hurley. Yeah has done an amazing job of getting them back to where they were because they started the season as this team. And then I'm not exactly sure if they – did they have an injury? I'm not exactly sure what happened. They just, they just but they started out – they started the Big 12, or the Big East. I think they were like two and five. 
Yeah, we did. They they had that January lull where they were like they couldn't win a game. I they, think they, they, they were either two and four or two and five starting yeah, that, in the big in the Big East. They had that lull in the middle of the season where they just they just hit the skids and couldn't win a game. And they, they said, just well, looked they terrible. Their offense disappeared for a while, yeah. and they just they looked terrible for a while. And I thought, I mean, the class of the Big East, they they wind up making a pretty decent run because at one time they were like eighth or ninth in the big in the yeah. Big East. And I think they finished fourth. I think, yeah. Fourth or something in the Big, Big East, East I think. Big East is an impressive conference. I think the most impressive thing about the Big East going forward is um, the fact you saw five teams make it this year, and the teams at the bottom are just – I mean, St. John's is going to be better now that Patino's there. Ed Cooley switched to Georgetown. I got to imagine they're going to be better in the next coming years. Uh, Marquette's still going to be good. Connecticut, you know, they're in the championship game. I mean, they're going to bring – a good core of this guy, this group back for next as year. Long as, as long as Miller's at Xavier, they're going to be, they're going to be. That was, only his, yeah, that was only his first year. So I think they're going to be yeah. better. Um, right. Who am I? Creighton was in the final eight. I mean, they're going to bring back a lot of guys. McDermott's always got Creighton yeah. playing good. Gonna, so, you they're know. They're going to have the, the seller dwellers in the biggies. Like DePaul's never going to be, unfortunately, probably that, you know, competitive. Um, no, probably not. I mean, there'll be two or three teams. But Butler will be better. I mean, they had a bad year, but they're usually they're usually a really solid team. So I mean, Butler I think then, will be better. And then we haven't brought them up, but you know, Villanova's in in the Big East as well, and they and and they finished they finished playing a lot better for their first year coach. And Justin Moore um, announced he's coming back. Their guard, he's coming back. Yeah. So I expect Villanova to to at least be mid pack. In the oh, yeah. Big East next well, year, I don't. I don't know. Forget, forget about his uh, Seton Hall, and then Holloway took that job last year, so he it's going to take him a couple of years to get in his core of recruits and transfers. They're that is so players. true, yeah, man. You got Seton Hall in there. Yeah, that's that's eight or nine teams out of there, man. Much, that like pretty much everybody's going to be. I mean, that's going to be like sounds. Patino's at St. John's. Cooley switched to Georgetown. You know, hope Providence with English, I think, is going to be good. He's brought brought back a couple of their guys that were already there. Uh, but yeah, that conference yeah. is going to be. It's going to be brutal next in the next couple of yeah, years. I noticed that uh, Hopkins said he was coming back. Yeah, a couple of their guys English. already announced they were coming back. They're going to be good next year. I mean, that conference is going to be brutal next next. Maybe not. Maybe oh, definitely next season, but even more so in 2024, 2025 when yeah, really you got you got you got Holloway in his second year. Yep. You're going to have English with Providence. You're going to have Cooley with Georgetown. Yep. Patino with St. John's. Um, yeah, it's going to be brutal. Wow. In a couple years. You kind of feel for, you kind of feel True. for a team like the yeah. You kind of feel for a team like the Paul because the Paul might be just poor to Paul. Poor to poor to Paul won't have a shot. Like it's like it's like Nebraska in Big Ten basketball. You just you kind of like you know they just they just get massacred. Like you know they won they won like what six or eight Big Ten games this year, but they just they just can't compete in basketball. Well, they can't really compete in football. We'll see now with Matt Rule if he turns them around. But for last, yeah, they're gonna, have to, they're gonna have to try to reincarnate Ed My or Ray Myers or something at DePaul. Yeah, the yeah, DePaul's yeah they 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 were okay. They were semi competitive this year, and they got that new arena and all. But it's just that's just that program hasn't been relevant really relevant since what the late late eighties early nineties. I mean. It's been, over 30 yeah, years. late 80s, probably. Yeah. Really, I'm trying to remember. I mean, right there. 
So Ray they, Myers used to have some good teams yeah, there in the eighties. Yeah, late eighties, early nineties. A, a long time ago. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that's like a lifetime ago now. I mean, any modern day fan doesn't even know. Yeah. So. No, no, no. Most people don't even know who Ray Myers is. Probably. Yeah. Who's Ray Myers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, if you're listening to this and you have no idea who Ray Myers is, I get it. I understand. I've, it was I've a long on, time ago. I've hit on the Big East a lot. Now to the Mountain West. I think the Mountain West is just about the it's like it's like liftoff. It's gonna take off. I think when they get four in the dance this year, or they get five. I think they get four. They got they got four, and I really thought they were gonna get five, but uh New Mexico yeah, fell off at the end of the season. They lost yeah, they lost their last six games. New Mexico. Yeah, they fell off. I, I think the the they're going to be conference going to be right back next year. San Diego State's here to stay now. Uh, Ryan Odom did leave Utah State, so we'll see how they yeah. go for it. But Boise State, uh, one of their good players is coming back. I saw Nevada had some couple of players returning their both. I think New Mexico will bounce back next year if they can remain healthy. UNLV didn't have a bad team this yeah, they year. They didn't get in, but I mean they went like seventeen and thirteen. And and Tim Miles, Tim Miles has turned around San Jose State. I mean that was a that yeah. was a, that's a tough rebuild. He's turned them around. You got Richard Patino, uh, which that's is true. Rick's son at New Mexico. Of course, like I said, the wheels kind of fell off at the end this yeah. year. But Nevada was solid. I'm trying to think who else I'm forgetting teams out there. Um, mm. I, I I'm going to bring up BYU and Mark Pope. Um, yeah, he always seems to have a decent team. Um, you know, well, I don't moving, know. Moving to the Big Twelve though. They're moving to the Big 12. They are, aren't they? Big 12 is moving to the Big 12. You're right. He's moving to the Big 12. They won't be there. Um, That's Fresno, right. Fresno You're State, right about Fresno that. State's still in the and, – and, of course, in the Mountain West. I, um, I'm just trying to think. There's a few other teams I'm forgetting. But, I mean, the conference has gotten better and better through the years. Oh, Colorado State uh, and Wyoming. They're two teams that had down years. But um, Wyoming, of course, one of their better players is transferred. Yeah, he's, he's in the portal. Yeah. And he didn't play this year. He Graham, was, he paid. Graham Ike, or whatever his name is. Yeah, he, he didn't play this year, and he's transferred. But Colorado State – He was hurt. Yeah, he was hurt this year. Yeah. Yeah. Colorado State had yeah. a good team last year made the tournament. So, like you said, that conference is getting – I mean, I, there's a – there's a uh, Jim Phillips from the ACC, the commissioner, mentioned – I saw it the other day that he was um, – that he was going to have a meeting with the, you know, the ADs and stuff like that and coaches because he was – how far the ACC is down. I mean, they had five teams in the tournament this year, but – you know, I'm gonna tell you right now when you look when you look at the landscape. So I was, you know, was was we're kind of doing that here, and I and I and I kind of had this up for talking about the landscape of basketball for next year. But we're kind of already doing that. You look at the Big East, and we're just sitting here talking about the Mountain West, and then you're gonna have um, after next year, you'll have Oakland, Texas joining the SEC. And then, you know, you're going to have Houston and uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati and BYU and, and you know, join, joining the Big 12. Um, I mean, look at look so, what happened this year with FAU and North Texas, and they're both going to conference. They're both going to – And UAB. And UAB. So – so that's the one thing. So 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 Conference USA, that that's one thing that I w- was going to get to before we get off too. Is Conference USA had such a good ending to the season, but the deal is, is all of those teams are going to the AAC. True. Correct. Yeah, it's 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 right. It's like so, the, rich, the rich get richer, but the AAC, of course, is losing Houston, Cincinnati, 
and UCF all to the uh, Big 12. So it's just right. just constant moving up and down. And then it, I guess the most interesting story yeah. going forward is going to be the Pac-12 because you're losing UCLA and USC after this season. They still don't have a media deal. I mean, football looks pretty good in the Pac-12 this year, like if you look at it from a perspective. But they got a lot of good quarterbacks coming back. But when you look at the land for college basketball, so what does that mean for the for the – Eight for the ACC and the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten, the Pac twelve, the Pac twelve is going to be is is going to be really down too because they're losing UCLA. I think they're going to be down, but I think the Pac twelve. I think it couldn't have been more uh, magnetized more this weekend than San Diego State. They just need to pick up the phone and call San Diego State and add them. Add them and one other team. Maybe I don't know what other team. Gonzaga. I don't understand why. Uh, not, Gonzaga, why would because like Gonzaga's Gonzaga. only basketball? Basketball. They would add them because it's got to be football. San Diego State's got a pretty good football team too. They got San Diego State has football and they have baseball. They could. Yeah. They could. They could up everything. And they're right in Southern California. Yeah, that, that's San Diego State's a perfect fit. The second that's team. True. I don't Gonzaga know. Gonzaga doesn't fit unless they maybe. add football and they start really adding other sports. But I mean, maybe football's the big thing. Maybe the second team for the uh, Pac-12 to add would be possibly Boise State. I mean, you know, another football, summer power. They can, you know, they can compete in the Pac-12 when they're in the northern area, northwest area of the country. I, I'm trying to think of another team they could add. I mean, because the BYU already got taken. Yeah, but they're out there, and they have they have a great basketball program. And I'm going to tell you right now that the, the Pac-12 is going to need somebody to help carry them. Oh, I agree. I, they're in, they're in, in basketball. Well, that's the reason New they Mexico can. State. That's it. Got it. What's that? <laughs> New Mexico, Mexico State. State. I, just, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, team, at least. Yeah. There you go. I, I think they, the Pac-12 definitely does. I mean, the biggest you're, you're hearing all the time, I don't know if you've been following it, the media deal, this still is not done. And I think their media deal runs out after next After summer. next season, I think. Season. I think next season is it. Yeah, when UCLA and USC leave. So they have till the summer of 2024, which is only 15, 16 months away to finalize the deal. And they're talking like smaller. I mean, they they can't really get seem like get anybody to bite because probably the the, the hang up with the probably whoever network you're talking to is probably like, well, you're losing these two schools. Are you going to add anybody else? And they're probably like, well, we're working on it. I would not be surprised if San Diego State and like I said, Boise State. It have to be one other one. They'd have to add two. Would be added yeah. by you know by that Fresno time. State. Yeah, that could be possible. It's got to be somebody who has Fresno. If Fresno has a chance for them to be because they have baseball and. And, you know, other sports. They've won a World that, Series you know. in baseball. They've won yeah. a World Series. You, you know who would be perfect for for um, for the Big East, though, if they ever wanted to go to 12, would be Gonzaga. They've shown that – they've shown, as crazy as it is, they've shown – even though it's called the Big East, they're all yes. the way out to Creighton. You know, it, it's not really a geographical deal, and they're great in basketball. It I used mean, to be, but it's yes. not much yeah, anymore. It's not. So I, I think now with UCLA and USC going to the to the Big Ten and it's going to be the whole country, like Maryland's going to have – UCLA and Rutgers are going to play USC. It's crazy. I think Gonzaga, if you schedule it correctly and you have That's like just crazy, though. The Big, is, big that's, East. That's what, Gonzaga that's in the Big East. That's the perfect fit for them because yes. they, don't, they don't care about football. It's, and Gonzaga especially, doesn't care about especially, football. Especially when they want travel costs for baseball and they go all the way out to, to you know, Washington, out to Spokane or wherever it is that Gonzaga's at. And you play – uh play baseball play a baseball game on such a small budget because it's a it's a non-revenue sport i mean it's the same thing for for what what the big tens go about to go through with uh with ucla you know having to go out to rutgers or whatever to play a baseball yeah. game or to play a 
you know, whatever, whatever it is, volleyball, you know, something like that where it's a non-revenue sport and you're going to go and you're going to go travel cross country to play. Have to pay all that travel costs for a non-revenue sport. (laughs) I mean, you know, just just don't, don't, Forget I said this. I would not be surprised if it happened because just because it fits perfectly for one reason, they're a basketball centric school, and that's the Big East. They're just they're focused on just basketball. Well, and that's all right. the Big East really is is a basketball conference. Now, would they would they say join the conference in just basketball, or would they say join the conference? I think and you they would do everything. I think they. I, it wouldn't be like a Notre Dame. It would be like a join the conference in everything. You know, because yeah. I think I said I think you could you could you could. It's suffice to say, like the Big East, the, the name doesn't mean anything anymore because, like Creighton and DePaul and all these Marquette, all these schools aren't in the East Coast. You could say if you're going on a trip to Creighton, just go a little further and go to Gonzaga, do two road games, and come back. That, I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, honestly, Gonzaga, that's what you and, need to do. And Gonzaga could fly east. Yeah. They could play three or four team road games in a row before they had to fly back. They could play like Seton Hall, Villanova, Georgetown. They could play like right. two weeks almost worth of road games and then fly and back then, and, and then they we, have like four home games. Yeah, we call this we call this the NBA. True. Yeah, but it's, it's crazy. But that's I think that's what yeah. that's the best fit. People said Big Twelve for Gonzaga, but there's no football. It, it doesn't make any sense. Right. No football. Right. You know, so it's got to be got to be like a basketball focused conference, and that's that's the best one. That's it's. I mean, Pac twelve wouldn't fit again. Well, unless you know? unless you add them, like the Pac twelve could add them just in basketball. I don't think. Yeah, but that's gonna be that's yeah. that's. It wouldn't do it. It's just it wouldn't it work. Just, it's, it, like you don't said, think that you don't do, think they would do that and just yeah, add their I basketball know. program? They wouldn't. I think they'd rather take San Diego State and Boise State or another uh, uh, what you would call another uh, Mountain West school or another school on the West Coast out there because of football. It's just football's a revenue driver, you know. And San Diego State, I mean, they got a I mean, good just football get team. Colorado State. That could be yeah. That could be another. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's another school. Another school, right? Yeah, football school. Yeah, football. Get Colorado State. Yeah, it's, got, it's gonna it's gonna be two teams that get added most likely because they don't want to just have one. They want to have the they want to have the twelve, of course, Pac twelve. So they want to have the twelve. So they lost two. They're gonna add two. So I I think San Diego State's definitely one of them. One of those other schools out there. Right. The other one. So we'll see in the next yeah. you know, couple six twelve months what happens. But yep. All right. So I want to hit on the transfer portal just a little bit. That's that's yeah. kind of in in in. You know, a lot of a lot of people are, are hitting the transfer portal right now. So, I mean, several um, North Carolina players have hit the transfer portal. Caleb Love being probably the 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 biggest name from from uh, North Carolina. But uh, you know, Davis, he's going to have a job to do down there because I mean, um, Armando Armando's coming back, and a couple of them have said they're coming back. But they they probably got about four or five in the transfer portal. He had right six. Now. He had six in the portal. Now a couple of those guys last year um, weren't playing much anyway. Um, but yeah, yeah I, well, one one thing. But I a few of them were. No, yeah, they were. One thing I'll point out, and, and somebody posted on Twitter, and I, I said it was a take on Twitter. I was like, this the take was spot on in the fact that the modern day world of college basketball is changing, in the fact that teams like North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky, all those teams. They can't store these five and four star guys on the bench. If they don't play, they're gone. So it's like I, I just think, nope. yeah, I just think th- this day it's and age, different. Have, it's a different time. You're, gonna have a, you're right. You're gonna have you know, a, used to used to they could sit for one or two seasons, yeah. and you know, anymore. and then they and then they would come in and play, you know, like for two or three seasons or whatever, you know. It's not gonna happen. Anymore. And these guys are just they want to play right away. And the example of Carolina would be that guy. Uh, the freshman was Tyler Nickel. 
He just announced he's going to Virginia Tech. And I don't agree with that. It's nothing against him. I think in the conference, you shouldn't be able to transfer right away. You should have to sit. If you're going to yeah, another conference. I don't, I don't really like that either, transferring like in, like in conference. conference. I like if you go, if you're tra- if you're going, to, say you go to Kentucky and then you don't, you don't get playing time or you get Manicali Perry or whatever. You can't, you can't just skip over to Tennessee. Yeah, you know I what I mean? Like that's just not right. Yeah, I don't like that. I, I think if you transfer, if you get, the, they're talking about a lot of different transfer rules. The one-time transfer is fine, and I think the second transfer you should have to sit unless there's some kind of mighty game circumstances. Like I do too. I hate this. I hate this three and four schools and all this stuff. I mean, I, I don't like that either. But the second part is, if it's in the conference, I think you should not be allowed to play right away. That's just even if it's your first transfer, it's just it should you should have to sit. You know, if you're going to transfer, there's 363 Division One teams, and there's only probably 15 to 20 yeah, three, in your yeah. conference. You've got to right. you pick somebody. You can. You can there's say, there's the a player, bunch of other schools. Yeah. Yeah, the player comes back and says something like, "Well, that was one of my original five that I looked at." Blah blah blah. Yeah, I understand that, but that's not the point. The point is. You know, you chose to go to a certain school. It didn't work out for whatever reason, and now you want to flip. I, I just – I don't know. I just – I've heard rumors of Carol Love going to Missouri or somewhere. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's fine. He goes there, you know, in the Midwest or wherever. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that too. I, you don't, know. Like, I don't like that. But like you said, so if Caleb Love goes in the transfer portal and winds up playing for Duke, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you yeah, know, that's, I – that's just kind of, and that's, I mean, I don't think many guys are going to do that, but there's always going to be a few um, that are going to do that. Cause like, be like Alabama and Auburn, you know, just, just swapping players well, not, or whatever, you know, you know, who's going to be, could, could benefit from this. And I'm not trying to pick on him. It's Chris Beard just got hired to Ole Miss. Well, he's got to get players. So there's going to be a couple of SEC players that are out there that are, discontented with where they are and you know he pick up the phone and call them and boom they could be both 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 uh Ole Miss Auburn looks like they're about to flip their entire roster yeah almost. it's just it's just so almost like it's gonna be you're the, gonna you're gonna see you're gonna see a lot going there you're gonna see a lot at Ole Miss because he's gonna well flip Texas Tech where Beard was yeah. just three or four years ago right is you know two or three years ago I mean you know they're gonna be losing players too right. probably it's, so it's the, I think lot. the modern era of college basketball is gonna be less dependent on um, you're still going to have the, the, you know, the top recruits and all, but more, most of these coaches that like the FAUs, how they're going to win is they're going to hit that transfer portal hard. They're going to get guys with two or three years experience and they're just going to try to mesh a team together. And then the next year they'll lose three or four guys and they'll try to do the same thing over again. They might pick up one or two recruits, yeah. but I think the, I think the high level recruits, I mean, Kentucky's got a great recruiting class next year and so does Duke, but they also got to look at that fact because those guys, if they're really good, they're not going to stick around long, even if they are playing, you know, they're going to be no. So no, the they're going to be there. The old, the, one year. It's, it's the old Jacksonville State model for for football. I mean, yeah. they 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 used to get uh, all the guys that either couldn't cut it at the D one. Well, when Jacksonville State was not D, yeah, when when yeah. yeah when they weren't D one, you had yeah. you know Georgia players, Auburn players, you know Alabama players, stuff like that. Yeah. And so when they they get in trouble, get kicked out of their school Boom. or whatever, yeah. and then right. they go to Jacksonville State. And Boom! Jacksonville State's out there, yeah. You know, contending for a national championship in at, at, at the D two or at the uh, the one uh, Mississippi yeah, Gulf Coast. Yeah. 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 Same Mississippi, thing. So, Mississippi Gulf Coast. Yeah. One thing, yeah, one thing I do think it does. Yeah. I think it will help. Like like teams like FAU. I think I think that in the future you're going to see where like you saw this year it was kind of you got UConn, then San Diego State, FAU, and Miami in the Final Four. 
I think you're always in the future. It's probably going to be about two and two, give or take. Like this year was more three and one. UConn's a standard team that has been there one right. and one. But I think the next ten to fifteen years of college basketball. I don't know what's happening after that, but you're going to have two of like blue blood type, you know, like a Kentucky and like a Duke or a Carolina, and then the other two are going to be like teams you're like man. Who would have thought this team got to the final four? Because they got Florida Gulf Coast. Yeah, they got, they got transfer. <laughs> yep. They got they got a good yep. couple guys from transfer portal and had a good run in the tournament. Right, and that's that's the future of college basketball. I think. I really think. And I, right. So. And I think I mean it helps with I mean because like you know as we're I mean what we are describing is parity amongst college basketball, and I think it will absolutely help with parity in college basketball, allowing teams like. Agreed. The FAUs and the yeah. Creightons and all of those teams to have a shot, a legitimate shot at the Final Four and even at a national championship. I agree. That's you that's know, how I as mean, opposed to, and you, you see them all get into the Sweet Sixteen, maybe the Elite Eight, but that's it. Yeah, you might see them now break through where they're they're consistently getting into the Final Four. I mean, look, consistently making the championship game. I mean, San Diego State's not a not an absolute monster team. I mean, they've they've been really good for the last ten or fifteen years. I'm not going to say that right. they haven't. They have, but they're not. You know, they're not I a mean, blue blood of of college basketball. You're going to see you're going to see teams like where, where where like in baseball where you know it's not uncommon to see a Cal State Fullerton, yeah, a Fresno State, a Coastal Carolina make the college you know, baseball world series. You're going to see that more. In college. You, you're going to see a lot more of that. And I mean, that's the elite eight of baseball right there. And then it's not only is it not uncommon to see teams like that, but again, the coastal Carolinas, the Fresno States and the Cal state Fullertons have all sure. won championships. True. So you're going to now start seeing that happen in college. Basketball. I agree. And in basketball. Yeah. I mean, yeah. theoretically Florida Atlanta could have won that game last night. They would be in the championship game tomorrow night. I mean, that's they, right. The one that game, they'd be in the championship. Well, I mean, we've had we've seen that just a couple of the seconds. last few years. I mean, really but, Butler done it a few. Yeah, times, Butler did a couple times. You know. Yeah. Now they're going back to back. The last Holy one thing we yeah. haven't seen. The one thing we haven't seen is one of those teams win the championship. So right. I think, I, but I think right. we see that. Right. I think. But, but Butler got the closest. No, they had a shot. I think you're going to you see know, that. They got. Also. They they were the closest. I think you'll see that in the next five to ten years, one of those teams will actually break through and win the championship. And I think, and I think Butler was the only team that defied the um, the metrics because I think it was either you had to have a top a top five, top ten offense with a top forty defense, yeah, or a top five defense with a top forty offense. And Butler was outside yeah. the top forty in both. And I think. Right. I think that was the. Uh, I think that's the metric that you have to look at. Um, that got. That's the only thing. That, I mean, Butler defied yeah. everything because they defied that metric. And I think every other team or every other year, just about everybody that's ever come through has been, you know, top Warner, five, yeah. top ten, really high on one side, and you know, even if they were right. average, the, the average is forty or yeah. or better yeah. on True. the other. But I mean, we've seen teams, you know, over the years. Now you had George Mason, Mason a long time ago. You had Florida Gulf Coast. You know, you had, you know, you you had Butler. So I mean, over the last 10, 15 years, there have been a whole lot more like mid-major teams that have made deep runs. Right, but again, into the again, outside of Butler, every one of those teams had either a high-flying offense 
or a high defense, True. you know, yeah. a high ranked defense. John, he's right. Yeah, he's right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, even Furman had one of the best offenses, they did. you yeah. know, in the country. So right. I mean, what we're talking about is one of them did that. I mean, again, Butler is the one team that was outside the top 40 in both. Right. I was coming back 63 to 54. Six minutes left in the third. Yeah. So the continue with the transfer portal. Uh, Hunter Salas from from Gonzaga has entered the transfer portal. Um, I think his name's it's Salas. Is it Hunter? Hunter Salas, yeah, Hunter Salas I think is his name because it's Hunter Dickinson too, right? Yeah, That's I'm surprised that, that he surprised he, he entered the transfer from portal. Michigan. He entered I, he entered the transfer portal. I'm very surprised about that because. I think with Michigan, you've got to be able to get NIO money like no tomorrow. I mean, your big football school, but maybe yeah, I don't you know. Think so. Yeah, I, he's not going to go pro. I mean, because I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see where he ends up. I, he's probably I mean, he's like Northern Virginia. Seven one. He's seven one. He can step out and shoot. I mean, he's played a ball years, player. Hunter Dickerson three years is. of college ball. Yeah, he's he's from like the north. I'm from Baltimore. He's from like the Northern Virginia DC area. So some people say in Georgetown, maybe maybe. Uh, Maryland yeah. or, or maybe Virginia. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I was very surprised when I saw that because, I mean, not to mention, if you're Juwan Howard, they've had a couple guys already declared for the draft. You're going to be in trouble next year. So yeah, I think Juwan. They got they got a pickup from Bama the, this week. What's that? So, uh, they got a pickup from Bama this week. They did. They had one guy that transferred in from from. Bama. Uh, okay, I didn't. I didn't All see right. that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I know that. I mean, it, it, you can't. I can't even keep up with it. There's so many guys transferring here and there. It's just like you just you miss it, and then you're like, oh, well. I mean, yeah, I can't keep up. I don't know where all the guys are going. I mean, I, I just these are just some of the bigger names that I have, no, I know. you know, that, that I that I've witnessed or or, or, or saw. Um, Graham Ike from Wyoming is a big name that's being out there right now. Caleb Love from North Carolina. Those are just some of the few. Um, you know, um, Clayton, he's a guard. Walter, I think it's Walter Clayton. Oh, Jameer Nelson just announced he's uh, Jameer Nelson. Yeah, yeah, that, he, he, son, he Jameer Nelson uh, Jr. is TCU. going to uh, TCU. TCU. Yeah, that's a good transferring to TCU. He's, yeah, he's a solid point guard. He's played, he's played two or three years in college. It's that's a really good pickup for TCU. So, yeah, yeah I saw it. So, yeah, um, I, I did see that one. That one, my, that to, one might have been this morning. Yeah, they have to last decide, night. Have, I think it was last night or the day before. They have to decide, they have to enter the portal. I think it's by May 1st. So at that point, then you're gonna see like you start seeing guys commit because right now, I mean, guys are already committed because I mean the teams that are finished for the season, which is everybody except two teams, is they've been picking up the phone and calling these guys left and right. And I don't like that too. I think the NC needs to change that where they said the portal opened like right, I think right when the tournament started. So it kind of puts yeah, the teams like, it actually it actually opened the day after Selection Sunday okay, that on day, Monday. Okay, so that Monday. So the teams that are in the tournament are a disadvantage. Like you don't have time to. You're, you're I don't to like it exactly. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to talk about that, Steve, here's what I want to talk about when it comes to that. All right. So football, okay. The portal for football actually opens around the same time that the semester ends, which is like the end of December. Okay. Right? Okay. Which is like the middle, middle the twentieth or something of December, around the middle or so of December, mm. and it's more like it's more like right around 
when the tenth, the championship maybe. games are. Yeah, it's, right it's like the maybe the tenth. It might be the tenth or okay. something like that. All right, mm-hmm. all right. But that's when the semester ends, and then it they pretty much have to make a decision by like January the fifteenth or eighteenth or whatever yeah. when the semesters go back to school. Sorry, sorry, okay, yeah. and that's how and that's how football works. I don't understand why you would open a portal in college basketball with students, okay, on March the 13th. Because they're in the middle of the semester. Yeah, I don't in the middle In the middle of a semester. Doesn't I don't any, understand. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, doesn't make the, any sense. The, the player that I, was, uh, that I was referring to from Alabama to Michigan is – Namari Vernon. Oh, that's right. I forgot. One. I did that's see that. Yeah, I did see that. So that's a good pickup for Howard. But, I mean, okay. he lost – Dickinson and a couple other players have been declared. Right, son, right, right, right. His son right. declared was he was good. going pro. Uh, I can't remember uh, uh, Howard. I can't remember his first name. Uh, John. Yeah. Son. Anyway, they've lost several guys to the pros. Yeah. I unless he's got a really good recruiting class coming in, and and he picks up a lot of transfers. They might and now losing Dickinson well, might get trouble. And so. and to have Hunter Dickinson and and to not be able to win like they did this past year, I'm gonna be honest with you, Howard's in trouble. Michigan, if you ask me. To be honest with you, I'm surprised he kept the job actually through that punch. Correct. I think Howard's in trouble up in Michigan. That's just my opinion, but I think yeah, so. I, I think you'd be, be right. The, the portal thing here with – I don't understand why the window opens. So why doesn't the window open closer to the end of the semester? It, it should honestly open like tomorrow. Because there's only two teams left right. playing tomorrow. So tomorrow. Then every right. school can pick up the phone and call these guys. And then tomorrow night's a championship game. So if UConn, San Diego State, they're in the championship game, they can start they get their coach, they can start Tuesday. The game the game's tomorrow night. Right. Or or as soon as the game is over. Yeah. I mean, midnight, midnight, to yeah, midnight Tuesday. Yeah, the game's yeah. over at midnight well, Tuesday. And then and then it could be yeah. it could close by the time the semester or, is over. Then. Midnight, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Where, where at least where at least it would make sense and tie it to classwork and classes. We're talking about kids that are in class here. I agree. I don't understand why in the world the NCAA would have a portal open on March the 13th or 12th or whatever it was, you know, oh, they were in the middle with, of a semester. They, they were just coinciding with the day the world shut down in, in uh, 2020. <laughs> I just wanted to go ahead and say this is our day. Well, it's funny. One one guy I read a story about him. He he did say, and this some made slight. It made some sense, not total sense. He said he put his name in the portal, and then the week he was, um, like that next week he he was coaches were contacting him. He was scheduling all his visits while he was on spring break. So then he was going to go see five or seven schools, and then make a decision where he was going to go. So that that does make somewhat sense. He's not skipping class. He's going. All his visits, the week of spring break, just go around the country and see six or eight schools and talk to coaches and then sit down with his parents and make a decision where he wants to go. So I can see that. But again, that doesn't always spring break doesn't always coincide with that too. too. So right. I, well, I mean, it, yeah. everybody's spring break is different. different. I mean, there's yeah. some it, of them it, that it it's different. Right. It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It doesn't, but right. that's the NCAA yeah. for you. So yeah. yeah. That is true. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to that. So um, I just since we were talking about it, I wanted to because I don't I don't really understand that. Uh, I agree with you. It actually should should open up after tomorrow. Yeah. 
um, or tomorrow sometime or after the game tomorrow night or whatever and run through about mid-May. I agree. Or something, you know, towards the end of this. That way, that way, that way kids could go ahead and sign up for summer classes at their even, new school. Even, even Memorial Day would be a perfect ending to it. Yeah, Memorial Day. Yeah, at the end of May, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. That way, kids can go ahead and sign up for summer classes at their new school. True. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand why you kids transferring in March when they don't even, you know, even summer school classes for next year wouldn't start till June. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, they start, yeah, it's the big, very beginning of June. Right. So, summer school classes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So, I do want to get to the NIT, John. UAB and North Texas were there. And, you know, uh, Conference USA made a heck of a run in this postseason college basketball. They do deserve to be talked about. Um, prior to the North Texas UAB game, where you had two conference USA teams playing each other and one was going to win and one was going to lose. They were conference USA was 17 and one in postseason play. Yeah. Prior to that game. Yeah. They had won, they had won the CBI with Charlotte and North Texas and UAB were in the final game of the NIT and Florida Atlantic was in the final four of the um, NCAA tournament. And they were 17 and one. Now, of course, North Texas beat UAB, made them 18 and two. And then last night, um, San Diego State hit a last second shot and beat Florida Atlantic. So they wind up really being count eight- them as 18 and two when they beat themselves. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's like, that's so they, like saying so the they, SEC so they, is whatever and whatever in, in national championship games, but we have to remember that, that Alabama did beat LSU. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they wound up being 18 and three, but one of those losses, they had to beat themselves to do that. Right. right? So, you know, but I just want to give them credit. Now I will say North Texas and UAB are leaving conference USA. Correct. Along so, with, you along know, with Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic, yeah. Yeah, and Florida Atlantic, right? Yep. Is leaving three, Conference the three, USA. The top three in that in that conference, one, two, and three of those three right there. Uh, looks looks all, great. Yeah, looks out. great. Looks great for the AAC because now you're 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 losing Houston and UCF and Cincinnati. Yeah, and now you're getting three. And then which, yeah, which, and then you're adding Florida your top Atlantic. Team of your conference is going away, but you're adding the top right. three teams yeah. of a conference yeah. that you're pulling from. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and. You're, they're also losing Cincinnati, which is usually is usually one of the top teams usually. in yes. in the A. Yes. Usually, they wasn't, but they usually yeah, they are. are. I mean, football, even their good. down year, they were still like top three or four in the AAC. Yeah, in the AAC. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were still like three or four in the. the Memphis was two, but. They were still yeah. I maybe finished fourth. Or something in the in the AAC, something like that, uh, this year. But so, I just want to point out the Conference USA had a, had a great postseason, but 
with that said, next season, when you're looking ahead, those teams are most of them is going to be in the AAC. So, right. um, does that, you know, with, with the AAC, with what they are losing, do you think they're getting enough in return to, to keep them as a, as a power, you know, as a pretty good mid-major, you know, high mid-major? No, I mean, that's not the same. I wouldn't think. Yeah. I mean, not those schools that are coming in have to build up to get anywhere close to what Houston and Cincinnati were and UCF, even UCF. Cause I mean, even UCF and, Football, basketball, and baseball was decent, pretty decent. So they weren't yeah. awesome, but they weren't terrible either. They weren't the bottom of the barrel. So I think that they, right. would, they would definitely um, – you're, you're dropping off in your talent level, but you have to allow the North Texas's – and see, that one's going to be kind of a weird one to think about because I think Florida Atlantic, you can probably get away with it. UAB – you you can if the football side jumps up because basketball they've got the coach you know uh, baseball they have the coach football you don't know even though he's a name brand yeah you just don't know never, how how he is never going to work out as a coach level. he has never coached right. at college level but he is a name brand so that's the thing that you kind of have to keep an eye on so. Yeah. Maybe, but I mean, you're still you're you're losing you're losing. It's a drop off. Yeah. It definitely is. So, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely right. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. But right now, when you look at what they've just done in basketball, it looks like wow, they're. Well, getting, I mean, it, it looks the, good, but you yeah. know, it's yeah, it. It's is, also, is that, that going to carry over to next season too? You know, that's that's also so right, right, yeah. FAU is supposed to bring a lot of their players back. They said I saw something last night that said that. So they bring a lot of those players back. They'll have a really good team next year. But again, you know, UAB had a really you know North Texas. They, they've had solid years. And of course, you got to also think about the football aspect of it. And Johnson baseball and other sports like Houston was good in football. Right. Years. That's what I'm saying. Jeff I mean, was like, good in football. Cincinnati yeah. made the made, made the college made football playoff, playoff. A few years ago. Yeah. So that's that's just so, football right. is a big thing too. And that's and, you know. and you'd have to really look at the football side of it. Where I mean, UCF is. I mean, they're all right. They're not great. Yeah. B has been good, but they've been finishing over the last couple of years. Um, again, they've got a coach with a name brand, but has zero history, zero anything in college football. Right. So, and, and then you're bringing in, I mean, North Texas, I just, I don't think that they're anywhere comparable. I mean, Florida Atlantic, maybe baseball, but they, they, I mean, football, eh. I mean, look, I mean, they're like UAB. They're one of those teams that that could, that could compete, but they're not going to compete against Georgia. I mean, I mean, UAB got blown off the field against Georgia. Um, right. Florida Atlantic is probably going to be the same way. If they play Florida, they play – you know, Florida State or Miami, they're going to get beat. Well, actually, no, wait, hold on. No, that was Memphis that beat that beat Miami, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Eh. yeah. 
I mean, all right. Look, well, I just kind of wanted to bring it up because we were talking, you know, talking about all the runs in, in college basketball, and, and Conference USA did have a great run. But yeah. with that said, I mean, you know, those they're losing three of the top their top three teams this year um, on the basketball side and going to the AAC, and uh, C is losing. Uh, you know, some as well, and they're going to the Big 12. And we did bring up the BYU's, the other team that's going from the Mountain West in basketball. Now, BYU's been independent in football the last few years. Yep. True. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how they do it. It'd be interesting to see how they do against a Big 12 competition in football. We're going to find out in six months. (laughs) Less than that. (laughs) Right. So – LSU girls is hanging on, uh, you know, to a 10, 12 point lead here. It looks like, and uh, the okay. I was trying to make a comeback, but I don't know. It's it's the third quarter over with yet. Uh, Thirty seven seconds of counting, and I just if I just saw correctly, Clayton, Kate, uh, Caitlin Clark has four fouls, so that's going to be. Yeah, I mean, she had two early, yeah. that's gonna be and tough. so that was kind of yeah. that's going to be tough. The eleven point deficit and her four fouls. I mean, she almost like can't play much defense. I mean, you're just kind of standing out there shooting, which she does great, but I – Well, I mean, I don't understand some of these calls in the women's game. Yeah, I have They made a call. They made a call a few minutes ago. This girl, like, clearly what jumped, like, completely over one of Iowa's <laughs> players' backs, and they called it on Iowa. Yeah. Like, I don't understand that – and like, how in the world was that a call on Iowa yeah. on the rebound? Yeah. yeah, that don't make any sense. But okay, it's like people say, people, I, people <laughs> say, people I say when I love when I see those tweets on Twitter that somebody says, "Good morning to everybody," except the refs who worked the Kentucky Mississippi game yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> man, I don't like. I don't know some of these calls. I'm like, what in the world? That sometimes, don't even make sense. You, yeah, sometimes you wonder. You know, you see it, you're like, what? What were you looking at? Yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, how in the world? So, there's a quarter left. Uh, we are going to be closing up before too long, but before Steve gets off, I did kind of want to update. It looks like maybe LSU is going to win their first national championship. 75-64 the end of the third quarter. So. Yep. And by the way, in basketball, this would be their first ever na- national championship. And I'm talking men's or women's, by the way. And – um, LSU basketball had some really good players over the years. Pete Maravich, yeah. you know, um, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, yeah. I mean, ben, they had the number one uh, pick in yeah. the draft not too long ago. Ben, ben Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, Ben Simmons. Big, big baby Davis. Yeah. Yeah. He, took him, yeah. he, took him, he took him to the Final Four that year. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Good teams, yeah. Mitchell and I just, a few others. I'm just saying, like, the LSU has had some really, really good players over the years. Um, and I'm talking all the way back to the 60s um, with Pete Maravich. So, you know, right, right. Um, you know, it's like I'm talking 60 years or 55, 60 years. They've, they've had a pretty good tradition and they've never won a national title. So, um, Kim Mulkey might do this in her second year um, and come into LSU and win a title for him. Yeah, be impressive. That's that's pretty impressive, I have to say. Well, Steve, we have had 
a blast with you this year uh, coming on our show and talking basketball, especially we done it like in mid-January, kind of, a you know, finishing up the see, you know, what, what the f- finish of the season was going to look like. We done one in February, kind of right before March. Um, we done one on Selection Sunday, and now we're doing one on the Sunday um, before the championship yeah, game. Thanks, so thanks, we appreciate thanks. you being Yeah, you're welcome. Anytime, man. Enjoy the game. We appreciate you being with us this year. You know, maybe we'll have you on next year as, as we do all this. And, and uh, hopefully get them, get them. next year with the class yeah, that we is, got, Kentucky I mean, will so, be in there and we can talk. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they, I mean, we if can, those guys, if they're all as, as advertised and Calipari can get, I know. Here, I said, hopefully, one, listen, one, one I am question. not on board yet. I can one, promise you I'm not. One question is, is Toshibwe coming back? Is he I don't know. Back? I don't know. You know, okay. That's a key. Either. If you can get him inside, if you get him inside with those other guys, yeah, they should be in the final four next year. I mean, yeah. those other guys oh, are advertised. And if he, he can rebound, and you could probably tell him when he come back, like all you got to do is rebound. We got enough. Exactly. If he would rebound. come back and you put him with, with Bradshaw, the seven-foot guy that can shoot threes, and, and Wagner and, and, and Dillingham and, and Edwards. Maybe, and Maybe need to pick up one – Transfer portal guy, maybe, maybe one guy. Like and if you know, and I, I have heard that that Reeves wants to come back and use his COVID. There you year. go. There you go. That's a, that's that would that's be a, I mean, that would be a pretty good one too. Enough. That's probably enough. I one thing I've noticed this year in college basketball, I'll leave it at this, is these teams that are winning, and I, and I don't understand. You know, some teams that don't. You got to use. You got to have a couple guys coming up the bench to get score. Like some of these teams, like don't have any bench, yeah. and it's just like you got to have these teams that are yeah, that's, you're, you're getting Kentucky deep didn't have any. You got to have a bench. You got to have a bench. If you don't have a bench, you're yeah. in trouble. You got to have a couple guys yep. that can come off the bench and score and yeah. do, do something. They got to have yep. a. Role. This is this is why this is why San Diego State is even yeah. in the talks because the they have a complete. That's why UConn's there. They got they go 10, 11 deep. You got to have a you, bench. You got, UConn and, 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 goes 10, 11 deep. And and, and this yep. day in college basketball, you got the you got like all these bigger schools, like these guys on the bench, like half these bigger schools, like um, who was I an example of talking to a buddy of mine, uh, just brings up real fast, Villanova. And he's he said to me, like, this is last year, not this year with uh the new coach, but last year with Jay Wright. He's like, I don't know. He's like, they're only playing like maybe one guy off the bench. All these guys are all like all Americans. Why why don't doesn't he play them? I guess they don't yeah. think they're ready, but he's like they don't have any bench. And they of course last year they got to the final four, they had a couple guys hurt and they lost. You know, they had no bench, though. Yeah. You, and you, they have players on the bench that are capable of playing. I guess the coach doesn't, number one, trust them, or number two, they just don't – doesn't think they're good enough. I don't know. I mean, it's it's yeah. like, again, there's there's other schools in which you've got high-touted guys sitting on the bench as well. And you also can look through the the uh, the transfer Well, in this and day and age with the transfer portal <laughs> – you can't leave guys sitting on the bench. If you I do, thought, they're going to be gone. I talked about that earlier. I talked about yeah, that earlier. That's what we just said. We, we basically, <laughs> yeah. we said earlier, I, I know these guys are going to sit on the bench. Yeah. You saw Carolina has six guys transferring. Uh, Kansas has three yeah. or four guys transferring. Um, I don't know how many Kentucky yep. has. Yep. All they the big do. schools are having guys transfer. It's just it's not going to happen like it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. It's not. Even five mm-hmm. years ago. Right. It's different now. You gotta, Kentucky's going to have a bunch transfer too. If, yeah. If you're not – it's the guys thinking, if you're not going to play me, somebody's going to play me. So it's just like I'm I'm gonna go somewhere, even if I gotta go to a mid-major and start and be a star, you know. And that's how teams like San Diego State and FAU will benefit, you know. So I agree with you. Anyway. 
Anyway. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for being on with us, and we appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Have a great uh, rest of the uh, weekend, and uh, enjoy the game tomorrow night. All right. All right. All right. Thanks, Steve. See you, guys. All right, guys. We are about to wrap up our show for today. I do want to get to a couple of things before we do. Our prize picks, um, you can go to prizepicks.com and put in our code CSCAST to double your money. Uh, Daily Fantasy Sports. And up to $100, you can double your money in your initial deposit. So you put down 50 you can get 100 to play with, put down 100, you get 200 to play with. Again, use our code CSCAST. Um, and as we wrap up the show here, our nonprofit organization that we ask that you give to is Home for Our Troops. Uh, they are building homes for injured and wounded vets. So we ask that you go to www.hfotusa.org to give and they will build homes and rebuild these lives for the injured vets. Yep. So we are, they're still down about 11. Iowa yep. is, it looks like. So it looks like LSU is probably going. I mean, there's still nine minutes to go in the game. So hey, let's, it, let's it, go real quick. Let's go real quick on baseball. Uh, just going to run through a few scores here. Uh Top of the eighth inning, Arkansas leads Alabama five to four. Winner takes the series. Um, I believe Notre Dame is beating North Carolina right now, nine nothing. Bottom seventh. I think winner takes the series on that one as well. Uh, Auburn lost to Florida seventeen to eight. Florida took the series in that one. Uh, Kentucky beats Missouri three to one and sweeps Missouri uh, in that series. And I'm kind of going through to see if I can't find anything. I think Miami swept Florida State by winning today 13 to 4. Uh, yep, there we go. So, some All of right. big schools. Something big- to look forward to this week on Thursday, guys. We're going to have an NFL draft show and a draft specialist on here on Thursday um, this week. And then on Tuesday, we'll kind of wrap up the college basketball and do some hot topics and news on Tuesday night. Um, That's our plan as of now. But look forward to Thursday night with us. We're going to have NFL mock mock guy with us, and uh, we will be doing uh, the NFL draft. And we'll be doing two rounds, I think, um, with trades and everything. So it should be a fun show. And we are now on WSBN-TV Channel 30. Check us out. And we are presented by the Fanboys. Catch catch College Sportscast on Tuesday. See you guys next time.